Welcome back to Look Who's Talking, Halloween edition, trick or treat, bitches. I'm not scared of Baker because he's going to come through. I ain't scared of the bears either, and neither should you. Here we go. Freestyle. All right, welcome back to Look Who's Talking, folks. Episode 59, your favorite NFL Canadian podcast. We hope you like it. Thanks for joining us wherever you are in the world. Ni hao. Privyet. Hola. Bonjour. Ciao. And. Bonagam. My man. That's a real thing from a real Sri Lankan. We got that confirmed on the weekend. Our podcast brought to you by Huck Media. It's available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and probably a bunch of other places that we're not even sure of. Because uh, it's 2019, that's how shit works. Brought to you by Huck Media and his beautiful mustache. Also, Leslie, our stats lady, even from Kamloops, BC. I can still scream at her upstairs. And she screams down random stats that may or may not be accurate. Um, yeah, fire up. It's the middle of the season. This is when uh, bad teams start to reveal they're really bad. Good teams start to reveal they're really good. Uh, Tom Brady looks like an average quarterback every October. People forget and he just starts chalking up W's in November. Uh, a lot of stuff going on. We told you about the big spreads last week. We hope you listened. Uh, it wasn't the best week for Q picks, but it's been a great season so far. So uh, stick with us. And we told you the Dolphins are not actually tanking because it's good for their pocketbooks and their careers to not physically tank. It's hard for football teams to tank. And that's why we said we'll stay away from a 14.5-point spread uh, on Monday Night Football against the Pittsburgh Steelers. With a backup quarterback. Now, there was a third and 20 play, which is the most tanking play I think I've ever seen. I don't know if it was an accident or just bad defense, but it was a bit ridiculous, kind of scary, uh, coming a bit before Halloween. But uh, we're gonna do. I'm not a big Halloween guy. Uh, I used to be. I'm sure we all used to be. But I never even liked candy as a kid. I was just extremely competitive. And I would always get more candy than my sister and purposely not eat it just because I was a dick. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, Halloween's turned into an awesome thing where thank God for social media because girls' costumes just get a little sexier and sexier. Weird, Mike. I know you like that part of it. What are you for Halloween this year? And should we warn the kids? I think, uh, I think you're wrong on the slutty part. I think there's been a little kickback on the slutty, skanky Halloween. The women are reverting back to scary, so we're seeing less slutty the last I couple think- of years. I think you have too many unattractive women on your social media because <laughs> they always go scary. They've been going scary since Mean Girls, you know. <laughs> like, uh, also, Weird Mike's got uh, a great costume. He whips it out once every two years, I'd say, or two every three years. Let's go with uh, three out of every five. Three out of every five. Weird Mike goes as the Domino's pizza delivery guy in a pretty nails costume. And, Yo, and it, uh, anyone, it delivers, bro. Any, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Costume has delivered on several occasions, <laughs> including one uh, miraculous time in uh, Waterloo. Yeah. Some uh, good old university Halloweens, you know, friends on friends on friends. Yeah, yeah. A lot of good times in Waterloo back leave, in the day. Leave the bar with a slutty nurse back in the heyday of the sluttiness when it was, you know, open season on the skankness of Halloween. I think now it's closed up a bit. But anyway, we're in the heyday. Weird Mike, no belly. You know, 0304. <laughs> scores a slutty nurse who's trying to live out her fantasy. We leave the bar a bit early ahead of our friends. We're in a taxi on our way to her place. You know, this is actually happening now. She asked me if I have any condoms. I said, yeah, you know, I pull out the one out of your wallet, the one we all had back in the day, and she's like, no, we're not using this. Tells the taxi driver to pull out to 7-Eleven because she wants to get better condoms. And it's Halloween night. She just wanted and one with the packaging still on. <laughs> I know the second that I open this taxi door, there are 100 variables at 1.15 in the morning at Laurier University on Halloween night. I want in, I want out. As soon as I walk through to 7-Eleven, to make sure nothing's, you know, it's all straight and straight. People are high-fiving me. The pizza man's here. <laughs> the pizza man. He scored a fucking Get the fuck out of 7-Eleven, Mike. That's all I'm saying. I score her out. We do the dirty and the condoms that she picked. Great condoms, by the way. 
The best I've ever used. Uh, I can't remember what they were. Uh, anyway, we're both wasted after an hour uh, doing the dirty. You we went fall no, asleep. Don't. Sure. No, we don't. fall asleep, and I wake up to this girl snoring like a dump truck at fucking two forty-five in the morning, hung to shit. Pizza man rolled out. Back to the house for a J with the boys. Top three Halloween. There you go. I mean, if it makes you feel any better, think what she almost woke up to. <laughs> wow. True. She would have been telling her friends over a morning J, like, I slept with the fucking pizza guy. I didn't even bring pizza. <laughs> well, I guess I should have got a slice at 7-Eleven. That was a bit of an oversight. We're uh, we're currently getting Huck and Leslie to check stats on whether there indeed was no belly for this story. Um, uh, there, I think there's a pick of that Halloween. I'll, I'll get uh, De Hamels, our uh, LHT uh, historian, might be able to pick up the uh, third reincarnation of that pizza man. I think Dewey or Palmatier probably be able to confirm that you were just sucking in at the time. But you know what? Yeah, we all, we all looked better in high school. We all did. Uh, I'm glad we're challenging the gut and not the quality of the nurse that I took back. So this is a good direction of the conversation. I think our look who's talkers can judge for themselves. <laughs> Pizza guy, sexy nurse, Waterloo University. Like, you know, we're, we're going to average it out somewhere between like a 5.9 and an 8.1. There you go. Oh, molto generoso. Molto generoso. <laughs> yeah, the 8.1 was just so that we don't argue about this any longer. <laughs> Received. It's like the one bite app. <laughs> uh, actually, man, one Halloween that was awesome was we went to Big Bucks in Burlington. And I don't know what the hell we were doing there, but uh, a bunch of the old boys went. And there was a costume contest. Now, sure enough, I think I was, uh, I was dressed with whatever was the cheapest to buy on Craigslist at noon that day. That's how much I cared about my costume. But someone in our group was really, really going for this $1,000 prize at Big Bucks. And I honestly thought she would, she had it. She, you know, she looked really good. I forget what she was dressed as, but I'm like, holy shit, like this is going to be hard to beat. And she goes up on stage and like, you know, the, 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 the announcer is like, yo, you know, whatever you're like, Leslie or whatever. I'm going with Leslie. Uh, you, you're looking pretty good until Steve, the fucking robot shows up. Okay. He's 10 feet tall. Looks like his costume cost $10,000 at least. He's got six moving parts and a couple of assault rifles sticking out of his belly. And he stole the show. Uh, I danced with him. I bought him a drink. And uh, anyway, shout out to all the non-sexy nurses putting in a little extra effort to steal those prizes back, okay? We are not sexist on this show. You want to be a sexy nurse? Huck, you want to be a sexy nurse this Halloween? I will allow that, okay? Speaking of, hey, did you go to VOG's uh, Halloween party? Yes, I did. How was it? Uh, more of the same. It was less. It was actually very toned down from what it has been in past years. I wasn't there. I wasn't there last year, but I heard it last year was insane. Last year was fucking loose. The the roof was almost on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah it wasn't. It wasn't that wild this year. It was good though. Good to see weed, everybody. Weed had like just been legalized. It was. It was a really good time. You know. Heads up, Bog. I'm crashing that party next year. Hundreds. Yeah, just, just bring pizza and one condom that was still in its packaging. You'll be good to go. <laughs> Jeffrey, I was there that night at Big Bucks, and that was the day after I lost both my front teeth. And I have a picture with Steve the Party Bot. Steve the I, Robot. <laughs> and I'm a drunken, haunted referee with no teeth. Everybody thinks I just colored them in. No, no. That's real emotion, folks, coming through the middle. <laughs> and Steve the Party Bot took it down. Shots on party. We're going to get into football in a second. Just to let you know, uh, a little thing around Centennial Studios for uh, the Look Who's Talking crew. Weird Mike puts his jibs when he doesn't have them in his mouth. He puts his jibs in some random place around the studio every time. And you might be looking for a pen. You might be looking for some zigzags. You might be looking for, I don't know, God knows what. And sure enough, maybe the, he hid them in your wallet. But those teeth could be anywhere. And until you find them, you can't start the show. <laughs> I swear to God. Trick or treat, uh, baby. Trick or treat, bitches. Uh, all right. Crazy. Uh, we're right in the middle of the season. We're fired up. Uh, we've been giving you a lot of winning picks uh, all season long. And we hope to be doing that again this week. 
Uh, so stick with us to all the shares and all you likers and everyone helping out grow. Look who's talking organically. We absolutely love you. Remember to subscribe. It really helps uh, as we aim towards season 25. Eventually, look who's talking. Uh, all your help really helps. So keep helping. God bless you and you're helping. Woo. Um, yeah. You know, the only thing that bugs me is when people make a bad decision. Because people make bad decisions all the time. I make seven a day, okay? Uh, but <laughs> when you make a bad decision, you have to admit it was a bad decision. It's called being a good human being, growing as a human being. It's just how you're successful in life. You watch the Bears game? I'm assuming you watch the Bears game or watch okay, pretty much every game. Let's, yes, I don't miss a snap. You know, yeah. something terribly wrong in my life has to be happening for me to miss any NFL snap. So right. don't arrest Mike's the question. Got, Mike's got three kids. He's never seen any of them been born. Don't be born on Sunday nights, okay? <laughs> I actually dubbed that Bears-Chargers game the no-kicker bowl. The no-kicker bowl. And yeah. as a former kicker, was absolutely enthralled with the entire proceedings. <laughs> You, you probably saw it in a different light. You were thinking Bears and the mistake they made with Mitch, right? That's where uh, you're going with this? Oh, the, the whole last series of the game. Yeah. It's awful. And, and I'm talking about these are the two teams that have struggled with kickers the most in the NFL over the last 10 years. Chargers with some playoff losses. Bears with some – you remember the playoff ones. But they, these guys miss kicks all the time in the season. And these teams should have been in the playoffs. This has been going on for a fucking – Half decade minimum. It's true, especially the Bears. And this is why it was even more perplexing, the coaching decision that, that this was. They had 40 seconds left. It was a 41 or 40-yard field goal uh, from where they were to win the game. They were down by two uh, against the Chargers. And with 40 seconds left in a timeout, they decide, no, no, no. We didn't learn the lesson from the 1990 Bills where Jim Kelly's offense was told to stop getting yards because Scott Norwood would just smash a 40-plus yarder to win the Super Bowl in a kind of windy stadium. Well, it was windy in Chicago, all right? And you got Eddie Pinero, who started all of, I don't know, seven games, kicked 14 NFL kicks in his life. This is the Bears' season. And you're not going to try to get him an extra 10 yards? Look, statistics in 100 years of the NFL prove that Mr. Nagy other NFL coaches, in fact, like 98% of them would have tried to get another first down here. So for you to say in your press conference, like, I don't mind the questionable decision. That's yours to make. And if he makes the field goal, no one's questioning it. But obviously, you could have done a better job coaching. Yes, there could have been a fumble. Yes, there could have been an interception. But this is the NFL. You have to take those chances sometimes. Just run it a couple times. The chances of a fumble are pretty low. Check out PFF. They're telling you you should have gone for an extra uh, first down. Every five yards gets you an extra 5%. That field goal goes through. Not yeah. to mention, your kicker didn't even want it on the left hash. At least get that right. So there was some obvious bad coaching here. And then you have the fucking gall to go on the pre in, in the press conference and be like, no, no. Zero thought. Zero thought to running the ball. Zero thought to passing the ball. Next question. Who the fuck are you, bro? You've won, what, 14 games NFL coach? You were the Chiefs offensive coordinator for about half a season. All right. You grew a beard to look older than 35. Who are you? All right. It's like, it's like if your girlfriend borrows your car and, and it's an icy road and you're like, hey, babe, you know what? Just leave the car there. Okay. Just sleep at your friend's place. And she's like, no, 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 no. I'll just drive home. And then crashes your car three minutes later. Okay. Yep. You know what? Bad decision. She didn't, you know, she didn't listen. Could have been avoided. Hey, mistakes happen. No, no, imagine she has the goal to come home and be like, what, what? I had zero thought of staying over, okay? I had zero thought of calling an Uber. I had zero thought of walking. You know what? Break up with her, <laughs> okay? <laughs> right now. They're not going to dump Nagy. They no, could sit Mitch. They could sit Mitch, though. I'm not saying dump Nagy. I'm not even saying sit Mitch. I'm saying well, be a better football coach. Okay? A lot of people's trying to sit Mitch. A lot of people. Yes, yeah, I, I heard the herd. I love the herd. Herd saying not, not just sit Mitch, but A, sit for Chase Daniel, the guy who's been a clipboard holder for 10 years. Okay. That's longer than Huck's been legally drinking. <laughs> um, or to trade for Teddy Bridgewater. Another idiotic plan. Okay. Teddy Bridgewater has been game managing the one of the, be the second best team in football for five games. 
He's won a couple of close games. He's done a pretty good job game managing. Now, most teams' backup quarterbacks are in the, you know, not in the top 32 quarterbacks in the league. Teddy Bridgewater is probably in the bottom third quarterbacks in the league. That's great as a backup quarterback. That's like having Nick Foles as a backup quarterback. There's a reason Nick Foles hasn't been a good starter anywhere else. That's why Ooh. Teddy Ooh. Yeah, you like Foles that? Foles to the Bears. Foles to the Bears. You're missing yeah. the ball off. No, that makes Maybe. sense. If they like Minshew and they want they to hit their like, right, they should, right? Yeah. Falls to the Bears? Resurrect the season? I like it. But but what I'm saying is with Teddy and Foles, they're perfect backups. Okay? Because if he's if he's your starter, you're assigning the starting quarterback position to someone who's for sure the bottom third tier quarterback in the league. And that's not a starting quarterback. But if he's your backup and he's just a bottom third tier quarterback in your league, that's a great backup. So the optimism and pessimism is all reversed. Yeah, great backup. Just game manage. Wait till Drew gets back. If you sign him in Chicago, Drew ain't coming to save the day. It's like when Brock Osweiler was the game manager for the Super Bowl champion winning Denver Broncos and convinced the Houston Texans to give him $62 million to be their starter. But Peyton couldn't come save the day. That's why Elway was laughing. He's like, oh, yeah, pay him. Sure, this guy's a backup. Anyway, Teddy Bridgewater, Matt Flynn, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Nick Foles, Case Keenum, Chase Daniel. They are backups for a reason, okay? Strippers are always going to be mistresses for a reason because no one will marry you. You take your clothes off and rub your pussy in people's faces, all right? Hey, 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 hey. Hey, there's some good ladies out there, you know. Don't throw a net on them. But that's why they married truck drivers and drug dealers, okay? <laughs> you're not going to find a good husband either. That's why you're not going to find a good team who wants to start you at quarterback if you're a backup. If your plan is Teddy next year or, you know, this year with the trade deadline's over, if your plan is Teddy Bridgewater, you have a bad plan. That's it. Yo, uh, I'll tell you, just to put a ball on that no-kicker ball, because that's what got you all hot and bothered, right? Yeah. Three missed field goals and two missed extra points. I the Bears the on Chargers pools. and the Bears. I hit the Charger upset and won pools. So, yes, my weird pick has been struggling, but uh, it seems to be the only pick that's – and I'm sorry, guys. I really am. <laughs> I'm uh, going through quite a run here. Uh, you know, semi-sustained success. It's messed up. You, you're, you're really on fire uh, gambling. Your picks are not on fire. My picks were on fire. Still pretty damn good. 60% over. And, uh, yeah, just keep getting fucked. Speaking of getting fucked, okay, it cost me a $1,000 parlay. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting screwed by that uh, early whistle and that crazy uh, fumble, fake punt. What are you doing, Vrabel? Remember the Titans game. And it's time Uh, for Weird Mike's favorite new segment, Remember the Titans. Tell him, yeah. Jeff. Uh, this hockey, you can cue in any sort of Remember the Titans music here for about five seconds as we talk about your consistently inconsistent football team, the Tennessee Titans, and how they fucked me again. They fucked me. So I'm going to tell the first half, and then you're going to pick it up right where it happens, Hewlett. The Titans are up four at home with about two and a half minutes to go. Fourth down and four on the 25. They're going to kick a field goal to go up seven at home. And they decide to leave the offense on the field. They're going to go for it and ice the game, win it on their own. Don't like it, but I get it. Sure. No, they were just trying to call them offside. Tampa didn't bite. They wasted time out. Senses come to their will. Vrabel, everybody's favorite prom chaperone, sends out the field goal unit, doing the right thing, go up seven. He fakes it, folks. He fakes it with a not very mobile holder slash punter who proceeds to get knocked the farve out. Yeah. And then what happens, Jeff? Well, then what happens, it was a very clear fumble because he got the ball got knocked right upon the impact of the hit. It was immediately picked up by a Bucks player off the bounce and ran in for what probably should have been the game-winning touchdown. 
Instead, the the whistle was blown immediately by the ref, literally almost upon contact. I feel like it was almost a subconscious whistle based on the fact that he thought the punter might die yes. from the hit. Yes, straight I think up. That's, no, you're right. Yeah, it was like a whistle, like holy shit! I just witnessed a car wreck, you know. And he blew the whistle based on that. The punter also, yeah, what are you doing running a fake punt with a punter that looks like he would work at Starbucks and not even get my coffee fast? This guy looks like he's been a vegan since he was out of the womb. <laughs> not a football player, a punter. And anyway, what are you doing, Vrabel? What are you doing, Vrabel? This guy's this- so lucky to win these two games. Yeah. Unbelievable, man. Anyway. Also, I saw this on Pro Football Talk. They're doing their weekly power rankings. By the way, folks, when you're betting on games, ignore power rankings. They're the things that will throw you off the most. Okay? It's not based on gambling. It's not based on who's going to win next week. It's just based on what we've seen so far from not the most educated, usually, um, football gambling minds. So just stay away from power rankings when you're doing that. But I read something pretty funny in the power rankings. It said, if Bruce Arians doesn't drink, he does now. Because that's two times this year he's been absolutely fucked by the referees out of wins in Tampa Bay. They're 2-5. and five. Realistically, they should be 3-3. Three and three. That doesn't even make sense. That's bad math. <laughs> Fam- famous Jameis is four and three. He's fucked. Yeah, this guy yeah. just keeps getting chances. They keep giving him back. You know what they did? Here's the, you didn't finish the story, Jeff. You just talked about the bad call. Tennessee got the ball back because it was the downs. Yep. And he proceeded to throw an interception on the very next play, getting Vrabel yep. off the hook. Yes, he did. He, he lacks the type of zip on the ball you need. He, he's got, he ticks all the boxes, but in the end, his ball doesn't come out of his hand the way he wants it. He even had a pick that should have been a pick. Like, there's picks that people are getting on Jameis that are they're, they're dropping. Honestly, he could have a shit ton. Yeah, that's about it on Jameis. But again, he never came out and said that he was awesome, which is why he got five years to prove he was a bust. <laughs> uh, I'll, get, I'll get into that a bit later. But, uh, yeah. Yo, where are my survivors at, yo? I know yeah, there's a couple out there. A couple look who's talkers still surviving. I really wish I was one of them, man. That one Luke Falk week just costed me. Uh, who'd you pick last week? In in Mike's weekly, I'm not helping anyone but myself. I'll tell you what I picked last week. Survivor pick. Hey, that's How about that some, prefix? That's gaining some traction. Hey, eh? people actually liking the retroactive. Cousin Rich and the gang. I'm telling you, they're they're into it. I don't even know how it's gaining traction. It's like buying a pizza and finding out there was a deal that they didn't tell you about that you're not allowed to get, but you only get to find out about once you eat the pizza. Like 10,000 spoons. I took the Los Angeles Rams and broke a survivor rule of mine, taking the London game. Never done it. But I think the Bengals are the worst team in the NFL. I think I may have mentioned it last week. Um, The Bengals are bad. And the Rams were peaking, and they went over early at the team bonding. They've been a couple times, blah, 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 ipso facto, hang up a W. <laughs> ipso facto, blah, 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 from a couple episodes ago. I was driving in my car listening to our episode 57, and I honestly, I almost fucking crashed. <laughs> it's like when you do a really big sneeze. You know, these sneezes are fucking dangerous, man. Sneezes into the sun? Like, get the fuck out of here. I think there's a whole bunch of unexplained deaths on the highway because of sneezing. Anyway, ipso facto, blah, blah, blah. That's a Weird Mike special. How you doing? Uh, remember to follow him on Twitter, at WeirdMike24. You can follow me on Twitter, at G-E-O-F-F-H-U-L-E-T. Follow us on Instagram. We get, we're giving away our picks and some primetime props picks and even more as we get going. Uh, yeah. Hey, did you hear? Uh, did you hear Joe Flacco like finally talk? I haven't heard him say anything in like three years. Uh, busted vertebrae or something? Yeah, he's got a, he's got a vertebrae in his neck. He's out. His career's over. I told you it was a cash grab. Wow. But he was chir- he was chirping the Broncos for not going for the win against the Colts. Uh, yeah. Uh, Colts let me down. I even I bought points. I needed him to win by three, and they let me down. That was a disappointing game. They are good enough to beat any team in the league, but they're not good enough to not lose to any bad team in the league. Saw that on profootballtalk.com as well. It was really good. What, Centennial Studios getting broken into? You guys look worried. Someone coming? No. uh, uh, The World Series caught my eye for a moment. Sorry, Jeffrey. That's okay. Who's winning? 
Uh, it's one nothing Nationals. Strasburg, dangerous. Uh, gonna, I, don't I don't know. I don't know. I'm calling I, it here I, before I, he even takes the mound. I like the Astros tonight. I got. I, you got to. Anyway, um, <clears throat> okay, we got some. We got some picks for you. Now, one thing I want to get into uh, pretty quickly here, just because. Oh well, before I before I tell you about the quarterback that everyone needs to stop shitting on, uh, New England. Ever closer to perfect. Six weeks ago, I said they'd be perfect, with, and I was serious about it. I wasn't just throwing it out as a hot take. Went through their schedule, saw nothing but victories, and here we are. They're eight now, and the only team standing in their way are Houston. No, 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 no. There's a lot. There's a lot. Houston, who's hurting now? No J.J. Watt. For the Philadelphia Eagles, no DBs against Tom Brady. And you got Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, going up against that Pat secondary. I don't like that either if you're a Dallas. I'd say, uh, honestly, I think it's the Eagles that have the best shot because they're very streaky, right? Very emotional team, kind of like the Steelers. You know, you catch them when they're down. It's an easy W. But, you know, you catch them at the wrong time and they'll fuck with you. And, you know, they'll have a big day. You know, they fucking boot Santa Claus. They're going to have a fucking... Field day with Tom Shady and Billy B. Yeah, Billy B. By the way, that's what Weird Mike uh, calls the third winningest coach in NFL history. Like he's the pizza guy who was late, but he likes him anyway. Hey, Billy B. Here's two bucks anyway, but try harder next time. Um, yeah. By the way, I think uh, I think the Philadelphia game is will be their toughest test. Again, the lack of secondary. If you're relying on Tom Brady being average because he hasn't looked all world in the past four weeks. You can't rely on that too long. It doesn't happen that long, especially as we get later in the season. So I, yeah, I just, anyway, they're going to keep rolling. And the AFC as the herd put last week, the AFC's done. Okay. Uh, it's going through Foxborough. I'm not saying they're, go- they're going to the Super Bowl for sure. They got, they got, there's going to have to be some tests, but the AFC race is over and the AFC championship game will be going through Foxborough. Let's be honest here. All right. Now, one guy. Yo, went- yo, yo, I got a prediction for game of the year. Okay. That Patriots Eagle game is going to be game of the year. That's a Super Bowl rematch. They're both coming off the bye and both probably have a couple of big wins, right? Although England's been perfect, their last two wins would have been their biggest Cleveland and Baltimore, right? The rest of them have been trashed. And the Eagles will have beaten the Bills and the Bears. Yep. Coming into the bye, full head of steam, like, you know, hey, we can still do this. I got game of the year tab for that one. I like it. The Eagles, you're, you're good comparison with the Steelers. I don't know if it's a Pennsylvania thing, but they're an emotional team. Not only that, there's, they're an emotional team who have uh, an emotional backing they can actually stand on. They fucking beat this team in the Super Bowl, you know, and a lot of that team's still there. And they're a good team with their back up against the wall. That's why with teams like Pittsburgh and Philly, you got to sense when their back's up against the wall, and you can't fake that thing. So the back actually has to be up against the wall. The Patriots are just amazing because they can always just convince themselves that their back's up against the wall. Um, sometimes the wall's not there. Uh, a team like Denver this week, you know, the wall just disappeared. Their back's up ain't up against anything. They're just waiting for the vacate to start. So uh, as we get closer to the middle of the season, know what teams to stay away from, know what quarterbacks to back, and which ones to not give up on too quick. And I get into that in a very important Truth of the Week. You might have just made a fact just now. That's some real shit. Truth of the Week this week, folks, is quite simply, don't give up on Baker Mayfield. Don't be quick. Don't be too quick to call someone a bust. Just like don't be so quick to call someone great. Just be smarter than that. There's a few things, okay? One, it's easier to look good as a rookie or young quarterback because when shit hits the fan, you can run. Basically, if you're a dual threat quarterback, if you can also run, it is easier to mask your sort of greenness towards the the chess match that is playing offensive football, okay? Don't understand the coverage? Run. Nobody's open? Run. Protection broke down. Run. Maybe I just called the wrong protection. Run. Fuck, I forgot the play. Run. I can't really throw. Run. Okay, <laughs> that's why rook, 
So we have rookie of the years or RG three. Okay. Uh, Lamar Jackson. I don't know if he was rookie of the year, but he would have been if he started the full year and Vince young. Okay. And there's other quarterbacks like this too. I'm not trying to just group anyone together in some sort of stereotype, but if you are a pocket passer, you, you don't have this cheat code that is your legs. Okay. Playing against an NFL defense is like a really hard video game. And if you can run, it's like having a cheat code, which will get you to the end of the game and maybe achieve the result you want in that particular level, but doesn't actually make you any better at the game. Okay. It just adds a different element. It's like a cheat code. Baker Mayfield does not have a cheat code. He's going to have to do this the, the right way, the real way. There's no easy way to just become a great pocket passer. If you have a bad O-line, it's tougher. Okay. Peyton Manning led the league in interceptions his first year in the NFL. Led the league. Okay. He can't run. Peyton didn't have a cheat code. He had a bad O-line and he didn't have Reggie Wayne yet. He didn't have the, you know, he didn't have uh, Brandon Stokely and all these receivers. He was learning a new NFL offense. He didn't have the best arm, but he, he was an NFL quarterback mind and he was accurate. Baker has got a bad O-line and he can't run. And now he's going up against these tough teams. Okay. Mm. Some guys have it. Some guys don't, but if you're not a running QB, it's probably going to take a bit longer to look good. Not to mention, everyone's so quick to bash Baker because he's a big talker, all right? In life, if you talk a big game and you don't deliver, everyone's really quick to bury you, all right? If you were the cocky kid in high school and you slipped on a banana pool, man, everybody's losing their mind because you 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 thought you were above all that. Most people are pretty insecure in life. A really, really high percentage of people are slightly, if not totally, insecure in life. It's a normal trait. So the people that seem like they aren't, there's this obvious sort of, you know, questioning or jealousy. It almost seems threatening. Like, hey, is, why is he different? Why is this person different? Why are they not scared? Why do they make have grandiose plans? You know, why are they not afraid of all these things I'm afraid of? Now, I'm not saying every cocky kid turns out to be a success, but I'm saying it's what the public is much quicker to shame that person that says they're good. Okay. Marcus Mariota never said shit. It took five years to realize he was a bust. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan Tannehill never said anything. He never promised any greatness and he, and he was just mediocre for four years. If you, there's no story. If you never promise you're going to be good, and you end up not being that good. There's no story. There's no clickbait. Hey, this guy who never proclaimed to be that good isn't. You know, next. I'm not clicking on that. Baker Mayfield, the guy who says he's feeling dangerous today and thinks he's going to be great things, wants to win multiple championships in Cleveland. That guy fucked up. That guy threw three picks. That guy fumbled, shoved it to a defensive lineman. You know, look, all this, you can't judge it by a couple of games, okay? So, look, he's not having a great season, but I'm willing to give a guy with that amount of talent more time before I call him a bust, and you should too. Also, the, the fact that this is all uh, resulting in this fantastic thing for football gamblers, okay? Because the whole world's shitting on Baker. The whole world's shitting on him, and he hasn't played great. But in the last two weeks, if you're an educated better, if you're an educated football fan, you would assume that Baker with a bad O-line is going to struggle against Pete Carroll's defense and Bill Belichick's defense. Now, he almost beat the Seahawks, uh, but he had a bad game. And, well, you know, as expected, (laughs) besides weird Mike, as expected, he got uh, trounced by one of the best defenses we've seen in years, Bill Belichick's defense on the New England Patriots. So they're up against Denver this week, and it's Cleveland minus three. Cleveland does not think they're done. In fact, they are going to try to win every game they can because they still think they're a playoff team. They're not sellers. They're buyers if they could be. They just don't really have any currency left. Either way, this is the team. Their back's up against the wall, and the wall ain't going anywhere. This is the wall. And I like their quarterback. I like him a lot, and... His value's never going to be lower because the whole world's shitting on him because he talks so much shit. If he did not talk shit, everyone would just be willing to give him more time. Hey, that really small, immobile quarterback is somewhat struggling in his like 14th pro game. Wouldn't shock anybody, but he talked the talk and he hasn't walked the walk yet. And everybody loves shitting on those people. Okay. 
Because if you what don't else say, are you, what else are you supposed to do to those people that talk to talk but don't walk to walk? You, you can't you applaud them. You can't applaud them. You got. You got to fucking. You, you don't see that's the, that's the whole thing. You don't have to actually choose sides. You can if you want to. His audacity is almost making you, but that's not going to change the fact that probably one day this guy's actually going to figure it out. You know, maybe not, but we need to give him more than 14 pro games if he can't escape. He doesn't have the legs. Peyton wasn't excellent till midway through his second year. Okay, this is his 14th game and he plays for the Browns. Let's give him a bit of a break. Uh, we'd give him a break if he didn't talk so damn much. I'll uh, I'll give one him a little I'll give him a little bit of a break. Go on, you put a bow on the truth. Yeah, well, well, the world needs people to talk big. I'm not saying be an asshole, okay? But the world needs people to talk big, knowing that the world is ready to eat him if he fails. I like the courage in that. I'm not. I like people who aren't afraid, for better or worse, you know. And to to get really deep on you, I'm gonna go give you a little JFK thing, okay? If JFK hadn't promised to get to the moon. We probably wouldn't have went. But Kennedy knew, knew if they failed, he would look like an idiot and he would be ridiculed a failure. Not the country, him. But he said, we're going to go to the moon. And you know what? They did. Because he'd rather be a failure at something than a giant success of nothing at all. So I don't mind the grandiose talk. And uh, some people in life, if they never give up, and he's not Johnny Manziel. Stop making those comparisons. Okay, He doesn't have any drug problems. If you never quit, you will always succeed. Maybe not immediately, but definitely. So all I'm saying is the timeline of when this guy is going to succeed isn't always matching up with the, what fans would want or what his own talk would suggest. But I think right now is the time to buy stock in Baker Mayfield because it's it'll never be lower. He's going to smoke the Denver Broncos this week, and you'll forget about the times we were talking about he's one of the, you know how he's a bust. Anyway, take Cleveland, minus three at Denver. That's the first Hugh pick a bit early in this week's Truth of the Week. Vegas knows you hate him because he talks too much. Weird Mike, what do you think, brother? I'm fucking begging to get in here on this Truth of the Week, Hugh. You're fucking pinning it all on Baker, man. What's one of the themes this year? Fucking bad coaching. How about Sorry. It's so facto, blah, blah, blah. You're talking about the weird pick. It's not just that, man. They only lost by the half point. But Baker's getting handicapped with some horrible coaching. Again, you got in Cleveland, Freddy Kitchen Nightmare, bro. It's Halloween. Nothing spookier than Freddy Kitchen Nightmare as your head coach right now. Getting dummied on the sideline. Of an NFL game. It was like a basketball game. Billy B and Freddie Kitchen Nightmare. And Billy B just kept pulling away with the most routine buckets. Oh, I was so annoyed watching that game because a lot of these QBs are getting stunted by people's and GM's overambition of the next awesome coach, the next great thing. And it's really, really stunted growth. On Baker, to name one, a handful of others. I've been preaching it all fucking year. Um, anyway. One thing I noticed, though, just the turnovers make it seem a lot worse than it is, right? So, I mean, the turnovers are good, but they're not going to happen every week. Like they, The Browns, in such a Cleveland way, turn the ball over on three consecutive plays. Like That's just fucking horrible luck. In some, It's bad football, but it's, it just doesn't happen all the time. The O-line's actually playing a bit better. Uh, Baker wasn't moving as much. He wasn't getting, you know, chased and sacked as much. The defense did a good job slowing down Tom Brady and the the Patriots offense. So if it wasn't for the turnovers, Cleveland would have actually made it a closer game and weird Mike, you would have got your pick. Uh, so I just think that if Cleveland had lost in more of a normal fashion, uh, you would have had, you'd have Cleveland minus six at Denver. They're starting their third string quarterback, Brandon Allen. Like anyway, love it. In uh, in real time now, folks, uh, New England used to win with all offense and always wanted the ball in the second half for the what they call the double plus one, end of the first, first of the second, right? Yeah. But now it's all defense. 
people are taking the giving New England the ball when all Billy B wants is to have a lead with that D and force just one mistake out of the out of the opposing QB early in the first quarter, a fumble. Uh, it doesn't even have to be a turnover, a penalty, anything. And he turns that into a 10-point lead, into a 14-point lead. Because that first drive is scripted. The Patriots almost always get points on their opening drive. NFL coaches, take the ball. You know, even if you don't score, punt it. Maybe anything happens. Take them off script. Don't give them the chance to jump the mic. You know, come on, coaches, listen up. Look who's talking, spitting some truth here. It's You know what? I, it's a good point, Mike. And I don't say that a lot. <laughs> it's a good point. Uh you kind of damned if you do, you damned if you don't. Now, I see what you're saying, because ever since that Chargers playoff game, Patriots-Chargers last year, divisional playoffs, when the Chargers won the kick, won the toss, and elected to give Tom Brady the ball, and they burned eight minutes and ran it right down their throats and never gave the lead back. And the Patriots have been doing that ever since they got the ball first all season long. Yes. But you almost... I could see an NFL coach almost figuring, hey, we're probably going to be losing by halftime. How much better is my halftime sort of adjustments and speech going to be when I can at least say, hey, we got the ball, you know, coming uh, coming out of the second half. But I agree. You can't be you can't be doing this every week. Uh, I, I like the idea that let some football randomness happen, you know? Yeah, totally. I, I get that. I, I do get that. And I know I'm I'm talking to the batting against New England expert right now. You've done it two weeks in a row. Yeah, that's uh, that's gonna be gonna be our new our new segment. Uh, how much money has Weird Mike lost to Tom Brady? <laughs> you do a new segment every week that never becomes a new segment, but it's just it, that's the segment almost <laughs> that like you have a new segment that you're trying to push. Although I like to remember the Titans thing a because they always fuck me and b because. Huck Huck's eyes glitter like Wayne like Wayne Campbell's looking at Cassandra, you know? <laughs> Whenever we talk Titans. Dream Weaver. So yo, those Hugh Pick's gonna get back on track here. You're over sixty percent, right? Uh we are over sixty percent. Uh we've had only we've had two losing weeks out of eight weeks this out of eight weeks this year. We're uh, over sixty percent for the year, and we are at twenty-one and ten, our last five weeks so that's pretty damn good so here we go Q-Fix. You. as mentioned in our previous uh segment truth of the week uh, by the way the song's obi trice you love it we love it it's called the setup giddy up um i'm taking the cleveland browns minus three at denver that's my gold pick uh, the last time I took the Browns in my gold pick, they beat the Ravens on the road as a seven-point underdog. They beat them straight up. Cleveland is going to destroy Denver. Destroy them. Joe Flacco's out. Uh, their best bet is, as a backup quarterback, Drew Locke is still hurt. So they have Brandon Allen, their third string, coming off the bench to play, uh, and play for a Denver team that has officially given up. They know they're out. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have a plan. And... Now it starts to get to the point where you're just trying to not get hurt. What are you really playing for? So I like Cleveland uh, to try to get back on track. This is their team. Yes, they're two and five. You may think they're done, but they are desperate for a win. Desperate. And I think uh, they'll make sure. They're going to run Nick Chubb. They're going to set up play action for Baker. And uh, yeah, you've heard me say it enough. Cleveland minus three. Take it right now. That'll go up to three and a half. Here we go. I like the New England Patriots minus four at the Ravens. I've been looking at this game for four weeks, hoping that the Ravens actually did pretty well so that this line would be something like this. Okay. Uh, Bill Belichick against young quarterbacks is excellent. Yes, it's not at home, but it's still a great statistic. Bill Belichick against young quarterbacks. The uh, the secondary of the secondary of the Patriots are going to give Lamar Jackson problems. A, throwing the ball, and B, running the ball. This is not the first running quarterback that uh, the Patriots have faced under Bill Belichick. It won't be the last. They shut down Tim Tebow. They shut down RG3. They shut down Mike Vick back in the day. Okay, this is Bill Belichick. He's seen it, done that. 
And if it's not the Wildcat coming out of nowhere with the Miami Dolphins and Ronnie Brown, I'm not scared of a running game beating the New England Patriots. I don't care if this game's in Kathmandu, okay? Uh... They're not scared of Baltimore. They've won there before and under a touchdown. I'll take it. I got the New York Giants plus seven on Monday Night Football at uh, home to the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas, great home team and when, they, when they can just run the ball, get the lead, and never look back. They have yet to show me that this regime uh, with Dak Prescott and this these coaches are good on the road. I don't remember a good Dallas road win, and I don't think you do either. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Uh, so plus seven, that's too much. Dallas wins by a last-second field goal, and uh, that game will be close. I like the Green Bay Packers, minus three and a half at the L.A. Chargers. The L.A. Chargers won the game, and they just fired their offensive coordinator, Ken Wisenhunt. This is confusing on many levels. Uh, their offense and their offensive personnel is not impressing me this year. Their O-line, uh, even though they got uh, one of those rock stars, well, one of those rock stars back, it won't be enough to slow down this new Green Bay offense, which is looks just a lot better than it ever has. It makes you wonder, like, the Packers should have fired their coach a long time ago and get some new blood in there for Aaron. They look fresh. They look like a 2019 offense. And, well, you find a way to stop them. Uh, without uh, Derwin James back there, I don't think the Chargers will be able to either. Plus, it'll be a home game for the Green Bay Packers in that, uh, you know, dental assistant stadium out there in Los Angeles. I like over in the 49ers-Cardinals game this Thursday night. Over 43. Now, this could be a shit game for the Niners. The Niners, hey, I'll give them credit. I have I was slow on them uh, this year, but they look really good. They look fast. Tevin Coleman's back to join the best running game in the league already. But the Arizona Cardinals can score points, okay? Uh, don't get it twisted. That game last week against the Saints was a bit closer than you think. And I think that's the only reason that it, this number's so low. The 49ers could put up 40 by themselves. And the Cardinals' offense, they run enough plays where even if they're only 50% successful, <laughs> they're still going to run enough plays to score some points on offense. So over 43 in the Niners-Cardinals. And I like the Carolina Panthers, minus four at home to the Tennessee Titans. Titans. Good, chippy team at home that can weird, win these weird ones with the referee's help. Even bad coaching doesn't seem to stop them from winning by about a field goal uh, at home. But going into a tough NFC stadium with a team trying to make the playoffs in the NFC who just got humiliated uh, out in San Francisco. I like Carolina to get back on track, get McCaffrey the ball way more, and the Titans just not be able to keep up on offense. So I like... A McCaffrey-led Carolina offensive uh, showcase. And the Titans not be able to keep up. 27-20 for the Carolina Panthers in that one. And those are your Hugh picks. Cleveland minus three. New England minus four. The Giants plus seven. Green Bay Packers minus three and a half. And over in the 49ers-Cardinals game on Thursday night football, over 43. And the Carolina Panthers minus four uh, to, to Hawks, Tennessee Titans. You! What do you think about that weird Michael? Uh, you're probably right on the Browns. I'm a little gun shy. The Browns and the Broncos have been fucking weird, Mike, all year. So I'll leave you to that. Uh, obviously, I love Baltimore, and I really, 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 really want them to win on Sunday <laughs> no. night. Uh, that perfect season back in the day for the Patriots should have come to an end against the Ravens on a Sunday night, just like this one. A um, couple of screw jobs. By the refs, you look up that game. Seriously, it was a it was a one for the ages. Yeah. Um, Packers uh, home slash away game, right? It's a Dignity Sports Health Park. Dignity Sports of, Health Park, the home of the Los Angeles Chargers. You know, I've noticed though, we all know the Chargers don't have a home field, right? Like that's they don't have fans, man. They, they don't, don't have, have fans. fans. They don't have fans, which leads to not a home field. The Steeler Nation invading. Uh, Packer Nation already had 50% before the hot start. I'm hearing rumors on these message boards that it's going to be 90% diehard Packer fan. But, you know, oddly enough, the Chargers have earned some road karma. Because they don't have a home, I feel like they're getting a couple of breaks and a couple of bounces on the road, you know? Shit evens out, right? This is, the Lord's never really with or against you too much at any one point, right? We can all admit that. 
God's uh, got other stuff to do, man. He's not watching football. <laughs> again, got- <laughs> this was one of your classic life metaphors that you absolutely botched, you. I was giving you a, you know, Chargers uh, got no home, so they got some road mojo. Rivers sure. are 9-3-1 and one on the road since they moved to L.A. Like, that's a real number, including the no-kicker bowl win this last week. And that's why the spread is where it is, because the Chargers didn't really win. They just didn't lose. Like, they were gifted that game. So, you know, it's a win is a win, but not all wins are created equal, like you said. So, Man, imagine not having fans, man. How weird would that be? Like, how weird would that be? You know, like, it's like, uh, of course you're going to play good on the road. It's like, uh, it's like someone who's married who's, you know, just fucking miserable at home and every bachelor party that guy's partying like a rock star you know because he doesn't play home games anymore (laughs) (laughs) see how i understood and appreciated your life analogy jeffrey i'd appreciate the same moving forward i'm sorry i'm sorry i thought i caught that okay rivers got nine kids they didn't have fans when they were five and two they're not gonna have them at two and five uh yeah where where, mike who's your pick So uh, four and five on the year, and uh, every time I dip below 500, I like to take two games to jump back up. And it worked last time, and it's going to work again this time, folks. Okay? I'm taking a little break from uh, the Browns and Tom Shady and all that nonsense. Uh, I got the Niners. Hard! Thursday night football. Early, Halloween night in the desert. San Fran hype hits fever pitch in primetime. I'm talking a steamroll. 38-10, 38-7, something like that. I don't mind you're over because I see a lot, a lot of defensive points and field position switching in this one. Arizona, sure they won some games. No one's taken away from them. But they really haven't beaten anybody, right? It was the Bengals, the Falcons. And uh, somebody else, real bad. Uh, and the Niners, short week, yeah, but they blew out the Panthers. None of their starters were in the fourth. They weren't exerting full energy. They didn't take every last down to get that win. They were rested. That's a good point. And that's rare. Like, that's super rare for that to happen. But uh, Arizona also has no running backs. David Johnson's not playing. And Chase Edmonds, who's turned into a little bit of a star, they're both not playing. Both essential to your beloved air raid offense. And they just had to get Kenyon Drake from Miami, who's coming in on a super short week, trying to learn a complicated playbook. And the last cherry why I smell blow. Not just a cover. I might take the double cover. Get a real bonus on the outline, folks. Remember... The outline's out there for you. If you think a team's just going to smash somebody, check an outline. Get yourself really paid. I hit the outline when, when I picked the Browns over the Ravens three weeks ago. That was my biggest win of the season. Nice. Bra- Browns uh, minus four. Loved it. Um, this is the first matchup of Kyle Shanahan and Kingsbury. And right now, Shanahan's holding the full house. And Kingsbury's got a solid two pair. Yeah. You know, Kings and twos. How you doing? He's got Kings and twos, (laughs) but you know, uh, Shanahan turned the full house and he's got the chips, this hand, and he wants to send a message, lay a beating on a future division rival QB coach combo. That could be there for a decade. Right. I agree. I I think down the road, it'll even out. But right now, the cards are in the Niners' hands, and I'm taking them big. Nine and a half, could sniff an outline, double the spread, double your money. And uh, quick last pick. Last time there was an early game in London, I hit the over, and it smashed. I'm going to do it again. Houston Jags in London, 9.30 a.m., strawberries and cream at Wembley. Over 46 and a half. Take it. Watson's got no protection. Great receivers. Jacksonville, a little bit of offensive confidence. A couple 30-point games back to back. Let's put up 20 over, 46.5. Don't overthink it. Sloppy, sloppy track at Wembley. Weird pick gets back on track. Spooky addition taken two. 
How about you? Hashtag outline. <laughs> hashtag outline. Hashtag strawberries and cheese. Cream. Cream. Strawberries and cream. Uh, so breakfast, sweet at Wimbled- breakfast at I f- Wimbledon. I fuck up desserts all the time. I just have another BLT. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think you're perfect on the London games, by the way, this year, Mike. Uh, you know what? I think I am actually, uh, yep. including the survivor of this week. You had the over in Tampa, Carolina a couple weeks ago. Um, London, so, bloody England, man. That's, that's your, that's, that's your go-to. Maybe I'll nut up on that on over. Hmm. Again, that I just could, means could, he's going to bet a lot. That does not mean what nutting up also means. Okay. I could <laughs> teaser the two weird picks. San Fran minus three over 39 and a half. Oh, that's the play. I just saw your O face and it freaked me out. That was definitely <laughs> my O face. I just came to a realization. <laughs> Wait a minute. So, the, so you literally, you're doing your thing with the girl. Let's call, let's say the sexy nurse from Waterloo. Okay. You got everything going on. You got the pizza hat on. And then after what? Probably, well, let's be honest here, you know, you know, 42 seconds of madness, she gets the, oh. <laughs> I told you, weird Mike, no belly back in 03, okay? It was, uh, let's call it seven minutes in heaven. Seven minutes in heaven. I, I bet that's not what she called it. <laughs> if you have a better name of what you think she called it, let us know, guys. Hey, bro, I, look, I'm proud of you. Every uh, every nurse you took back, whether she was scary or sexy. All right. Those are good times in Waterloo. All of them. Um, yeah. Remember, hit us up on Instagram at Hughes Talking uh, or check us out on Facebook. If you keep sharing uh, our podcast, we absolutely love you for it. We're pulling a name out of a hat this week to give away our raffle ticket from team uh, team at, at team. I will for their Super Bowl prize. VIP experience down in Miami is going to be sick. It's either going to be Lee Van Mosdai, Chris McElhane, or James Duhamel. For the most part, you three have just been super consistent the past five weeks sharing. I know Dewey's somewhere right now screaming at the speaker, saying, oh, something like that. <laughs> but uh, we appreciate all y'all, and we wish we could give you a ticket to uh, all of you. If we you got a, uh, don't win, the- we got a new share slash uh, Ashley Sutton. Started to share the podcast. It's also her birthday today. Happy birthday, Ashley. Yes. And my boy, Sean Shaver, who's currently at Game 6. Big Houston Astros fan. Veteran flyboarder on the Pro Series uh, for Zapata. Sean Shaver, let's go Astros. Uh, also sharing our podcast, we got Ben Devlin, Craig Waits, and um, I'm sure I'm missing some, but whoever whoever, whoever give, giving us the love, we can give it right back. And our boy, Phil Nolan out there and water down giving us a share as well so we're pulling a name between chris lee and james and one of you is winning the free raffle ticket for anyone else who wants to buy them just dm uh, at team i will canada or dm at hughes talking and i can send you the link uh to purchase the raffle tickets 95 dollars ticket gets you a one in 400 chance to win a two two tickets to the super bowl flights vip experience everything paid for and all proceeds go to the toronto rehab foundation uh, we're also partnering up with the Battle Falls Pub. We're gaining some traction here at uh, Look Who's Talking. So thanks for all the support for everyone up north. If you know of a drinking establishment that shows NFL games that you think should partner up with the Look Who's Talking podcast or anything else like that, hit us up, DM us, at Hughes Talking. And, and uh, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for sharing it already. Uh, hashtag Altline. By the way, live betting is where it's at sometimes with that stupid Miami Heat game the other day. Whenever there's a big spread of one team up by a lot and they go down by a lot and back, if you make really smart live bets, you can get both teams to win uh, and not lose at all. It's called hedge live betting. That Our boy in Jeopardy, Mike, that's all he ever did. That's all he ever did. Find ways to bet on both teams during the game uh, and make two bets and you can't, can't lose. That's what he does for basketball and football. That's what you should do too. Uh, Happy Halloween, everybody! Oh, sorry. Yeah, whether you're whether you're slutty or scary, uh, we love you anyway. All right, stay safe, have fun, take some poop, and light that shit on fire. By the way, me, Corey Lazdowski, and my boy Lee, we did that, and when we were like 13, and when we lit it on fire, we were like just in Aaron Mills dropping off some old guy's house. 
soon as he opened up his door, I was like, why did we do that? <laughs> this poor guy. Ah, but poops on fire. It's funny. It's the way she goes. Uh, you got anything to add? Huck Media for our shut the huck up section. Nope, not today, Jeff. Your haircut looks good. Uh, I can't I can't wait to hear what you were for Halloween this year. I'm excited for next week, Huck, for a Halloween recap. Huck was Hulk Hogan one year, and it was fucking amazing. Nice. Real mustache, just dyed golden. And, uh, I mean, Huck, you know, his physique speaks for itself. So he just brought his own pythons to the party. It was actually an SWS wrestling party. It was fucking awesome. Anyway, uh, thanks for joining us this week. We'll hit you up next week from Centennial Studios in Toronto and Kamloops Studios in the weed capital of BC. Woo! Me and Baker, high as fuck on life. Here we go. Talk big. Now you just got to walk it, buddy. See you later.